at the people to choose from. <laughs> you were saying? That I'm just exhausted by all of it. It's just exhausting. And I would just say that's a pretty good winger, but you've got to like have longer pauses as you as you try, as you try to come up with the exact perfect word that doesn't that doesn't include profanity that would blister the paint off the walls. And uh, if I if I add this, does this help? Oh. Um, maybe if it wasn't radio, you idiot. Oh, well, I am recording. I just, yeah, I don't know what translates. Um, you know, the other, uh, so, uh, yeah, so, the, so pregnant pauses and, um, yeah, yeah, but it's a pretty good winger. Keep after it. There were guys in Austin who like would do, would do me and I always thought it was hilarious. I felt Say, like uh, I rushed. I, I felt like I rushed it. Did I rush it? Felt a little rushed. Well, the delivery, you know, not not the existential malaise. I thought that was that was well prepared and delivered. But your delivery was, I mean, because it was, you said what you were going to say and then got out, which is something that the real winger would never do. Say, <laughs> Brian, it's not too early in the morning for you, is it? Never too early for a monster blue. <laughs> uh it's uh it's low carb and yeah i think you gotta take one look at me and say wow that is really working for you winger i don't think it's the carbs in a monster energy drink that are the problem uh why why does everybody i mean i swear every time i crack open a monster people act like i've just tied off the veins in my arm and i'm about to inject heroin why is monster a so bad and b what what makes it worse than any other energy drink um i think that the <laughs> when i think of a monster drinker jeff winger doesn't come to mind i usually think of someone who looks a little bit more like jesse pinkman <laughs> is that the guy from uh, breaking bad that's the one. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, well, a man of my station really should be able to drink uh, Red Bull, I suppose. Or black coffee. Does it yeah. does it does does black coffee not not give you what you're what you need? You know what I don't like? When I'm on, the, I would be drinking coffee or sitting here, uh, but you know, or, or doing stuff around the house, um, and I wasn't uh, in a video chat with you, but it turns my tongue like this jaundiced tobacco brown, and uh, I don't like that. Well, we I mean, wouldn't want the, we wouldn't want the listeners of the podcast to see that. <laughs> Well, I, I, you know, uh, uh, you know, and and, and uh, Lord knows, I love every other aspect of my visage, but uh, the the miscolored coffee tongue, discolored coffee tongue, is just a bridge too far. All right, are you ready? 
Are you, you, do you want to get this going? Man, I'm, I am ready. Giddy up. Howdy. Welcome to the Managing Expectations podcast, episode 51. I'm your host, Jeff Winger. With me, as always, is the A-Camp, Brian Grimm. Howdy, Brian. You can't hear me? You can't hear me. Unbelievable. Well, I'm glad you got your technical thing um, taken care of, I thought of, that Brian. I had fixed this problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. We weren't recording, but yeah, you did like five minutes about what a technological genius you were. You were like you were like uh, Ed Harris in Apollo 13, telling me about uh, how things were much better now. So, howdy, Brian. Howdy, Jeff. Jeez. We have been making fetch happen here on managing expectations for over a year and we are very happy to have you with us if you like the podcast uh, if you like us talking about interesting things uh, art books movies uh, the passing social and cultural theme uh, scene um, let us know give us a review uh, uh, drop us a line and uh, uh, we appreciate you uh, uh, listening to the Managing Expectation podcast. Uh, we're brought to you, it's brought to you as uh, as is customary uh, by MrsWinger.com, the maker of fine face coverings and masks for uh, uh, reasons of health and style. Uh, also, uh, All in a Dream comics and books in Denver, Colorado. And to a lesser degree, our friend Chris Levine, uh, who does just fine without any help from us uh, on his two podcasts, the Refresher Pop Culture Therapy podcast and uh, occasionally the 72-8 with him and his son uh, Harrison. So um, here we are, episode 51. We've got uh, a couple of uh, terrific episodes down and uh let's not let down uh because you know what i want to talk about right now is slippers do you wear oh. slippers around the house <clears throat> so it's funny that you should say that because i've been looking for something um i have so around the house like if i'm doing stuff in the yard in the summertime i have a pair of green crocs that i've worn forever um they're great because you can kick them on, you can kick them off. Uh, they've got some decent traction, so they've they've been fine, and they're pretty comfortable. Crocs, by the way, is a Colorado company. That's right. Yep. Um, but recently, I wanted something uh, that was a little bit cozier than the polyurethane Crocs. Okay. So I ordered a pair of slippers um, that are uh, fleece lined and uh, I really like them. And I wore them downstairs the other day and my daughter was standing in the kitchen with a cup of tea and she says, slippers? I said, yeah, these are my new slippers. She says, I never really figured you for a slippers guy. 
and then walks away. Uh your daughter would uh, would would think that that is not on brand for Brian Grimm. And yeah, I don't know how I could like be a Crocs guy, but not a slippers guy. <laughs> so, um, you know, uh, uh, you know, obviously, um, uh, there's a big discrepancy by from what you see on the big screen or the little screen in real life. Um, everything from, you know, m movies in the, I don't know, before the sixties into the sixties, you always had a guy putting his slippers on and when he gets out of bed, I mean, they have like slippers are like the lined up, ready, ready, ready to go. That's right. They're at the side of the bed, you know, so you just, you know, hang your legs over, you start feeling around with your toes for your slippers and you get your slippers. Um, you know, I, I think, uh, they're, they're handy in places where it's cold, but I gotta say, I mean, I mean, we never, we, we, we weren't a slipper family growing up and, um, uh, I, well, I mean, you know, I mean, so when it's cold, I wear, I wear slippers around the house, but, uh, so, so after my surgery, uh, last year, my old man got me a, a nice pair of like these European um, heavy felt slippers. They're like from Denmark or something. Mm. And those have been great. But after a year of wear, the bottoms got re have gotten like really kind of slick. <laughs> They've been polished polished down <laughs> yeah they're, they, yeah they're a fine sheen now and uh so now you're the slipper <laughs> and, yeah and and uh the slippers are uh, the slippies yeah uh and then um uh, at the at the same time uh, uh a woman a friend of my uh, a friend of my wife's uh got me some slippers and those and, and 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 those are perfectly fine but honestly when i'm just banging around the house it's like i have inside shoes you know so i bought a couple of pair of, like top siders that i thought might work out and so i'm wearing those right now actually and i'm 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 uh, uh i'm wearing a long sleeve polo shirt and some khaki shorts i could you know, I could be in a Kenny Bunkport to Hyannis port ad right now. Just yuppie is all giddy up. I, a few years ago, I was looking for a pair of inside shoes, but something that I could slip on and off pretty easily. And I came across um, these Nikes that were uh, made of their fly knit material. So it's, it's like, you know, six way stretch, um, really comfortable. And, um, the sole is, is really soft as well, but then like, they don't have laces that you tie, you know, it's got like a little plastic piece that you can press the spring down and tighten them up. Um, and so there's, uh, um, they're great. Like I, I, you know, wore them all over the house and, and they're really great. And then, uh, uh, my son, 
really liked him as well. And so he just stole them from me. <laughs> so now they're, now they're his because he, you know, teenagers hate tying their shoes. So he slips them on, slips them off and, you know, takes the trash cans out and, you know, cleans up, cleans up after the dog in my, uh, in my inside shoes. Well, that was probably the last pair they ever made, so you'd never be able to replace them. They don't. They don't make those anymore. So wow, which well, is a shame. Goes to show me. Yeah, I can get them on like the the sneakerhead black market for like six hundred and fifty dollars. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to do that. <laughs> did you see? Did you see that rap guy? Did like Satan shoes? Yep. Yeah. That... With a drop of human blood inside the 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 nike air air bubble it's human blood that's 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 what they're saying that's the Um, that's the gimmick that seems horrible it's pretty awful and by the way nike this morning i read a, a headline that says that nike has now sued the fashion designer uh they are not associated they are do not want to be associated with satan shoes is that is that actually how they're marketed? Is how what people call them? No, I think that that's like that's what they're called. That's people and the, the company that made them, the designer, Satan Shoes. Huh? Uh, was the designer a, a rapper? Or is he like? A, it's like a, a street. It's it's a streetwear brand. Okay. Um, it's called Mischief. Ms. Ms. C H F Miss Mischief. 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 There's probably a Z. I would think. Or maybe I'm mispronouncing it. Maybe it's Ms. Chef. <laughs> um, <laughs> um we uh the only thing that would be worse than human blood in these shoes would be pangolin blood that'd be pretty that'd be pretty awful yeah i wonder if ozzy osbourne's still biting the head off of bats i don't think so you think he saw contagion and that's what made him stop (laughs) you didn't see that uh uh you know maybe it's not uh maybe it's not uh is it too soon (laughs) For yeah, whatever we'll, you're about to say, maybe we'll, yeah, maybe we'll steer clear of what I was about to say. Okay, don't suit yourself. What's what's the quote about discretion and honor? Uh, Pete, um, you 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 chose dishonor to avoid war. And you could still get war, that one. Which, by the way, isn't really the right, is, isn't exactly. That's word. not it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, uh, maybe instead of the tone, you could just come up with your own quote that you want to drop. That's, yeah, that wasn't even close to what I was thinking about, but try again. <laughs> <laughs> hey, opening day, op- opening day for baseball is right around the corner. Yeah. Uh, in Colorado, they're going to be letting people in. They are. They're, I think that they're allowing 
like 8,000 fans or something like that. I mean, not, not very many, but for a 50,000 seat stadium, but they're going to let, they're going to let people in. Are they going to do a thing where, um, you've got to prove that you've been vaccinated? I don't think that's it. I don't, I don't think that that's part of the requirements. I think you just have to be willing to pay full price a full, full price for a ticket to go watch a baseball team that has gutted their farm system and their very best players. So, okay. Well, I mean, people want out awfully bad, so it could work out. I, I, I don't know a, a thing about it, but I, I, I did see an ad that the Rangers, the Texas Rangers who play in Arlington, uh, will, um, uh, are going to be letting people in. I don't know how many or anything like that, but uh, I got to tell you, I live in North Dallas and to get, to get to that part of the the city. I mean, okay. So I had to go to Fort Worth. I got my second jab um, a couple days ago which means that I am exactly two weeks away from becoming Dr. Erskine's super soldier serum product. Um, I expect to look like Chris Evans at the, by the end of the month. I, uh, I think you're well on your way. Well, you know, if he really let himself go. <laughs> anyway. Um, uh, so I had to, I, I mean, it, it takes like, an hour and 15 minutes to get from my house. And you know, and part of that's like toll roads. I mean, it was a Sunday afternoon, so there was nobody on the road. I mean, it's, I mean, there's a lot of geography in the Dallas Fort Worth, as they call it, Metroplex. They call it the Metroplex. Everything is big in Texas. Well, yeah, yeah, like, I mean, it's a lot of space and they've used it all up. I mean, they, they didn't go high, they went, wide i mean Den- denver's the same way i mean denver's... yeah it's it's uh it's fort collins to the springs is is you know really filling in yeah yeah somebody was asking me about uh the springs and do i like the springs and so forth and you know it, you know there's there's aspects that i like about colorado springs but i think i would choose denver over the springs Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Listeners, just so you know, if you're from Colorado and, uh, you know, that's what we call it. We just say the Springs and everybody knows what you mean. You don't don't mean uh, another town with the Springs in it, Manitoba Springs or Hot Springs. Pagosa Springs. Oh, Oh, Pagosa Springs. No. In fact, Pagosa Springs is abbreviated Pagosa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, where'd you go? Oh, we were in Pagosa. Yeah. That's how we roll. <laughs> Super chill. But uh, you've, you've been away from Colorado longer than you were here. Is that right? Wow. Um, that may be true on the basis of my old age. Uh, yes, it is true. I lived in Colorado for 20 years and have been away for 25. Hmm. So, yes, that's now true. 
but there are many aspects of Colorado that I think are still part of my yeah personality. I mean, like the wide, you know, the the, the wide open, the, the wide wide open spaces of the West. I mean, I think I'm more of a product of the American West, right? Yeah. However, suburbanized, suburbanized uh, than I am the Midwest. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I when I when I watch Hoosiers, which by the way, I'm. I, I ought to do because it's such a good movie. And also, um, basketball is in the air. Uh, but I, I still identify more with Gene Hackman than I do the, the townspeople. The over-involved uh, farmers. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, they weren't, I, you know, look, I mean, I, they weren't all straw men. No. Um, you know, even the guy who says, Mr. There's two kinds of crazy, you know, that that line, mm-hmm. um, uh, the one dad who, would, you know, says uh, there's two kinds of crazy. There's a man who takes off all of his clothes and howls at the moon. And then there's the guy that takes off all his clothes and howls at the moon in your living room. <laughs> I mean, he he had a point of view. Yeah. Oh, which was a thing that we were going to talk about. So Matthew Weiner, who, who was the, uh, art, uh, the showrunner of Mad Men, the artistic, uh, he's the guy with the, the vision of what he wanted to do with Mad Men. Uh, he said that he always insisted that the dialogue in the show was written as as though everyone thought that they were right. And you and I were talking the other day about this, about just how good most of those shows were and how the dialogue was good and you know the characters were so believable. And I was contrasting that with, with Aaron Sorkin's dialogue, which is so rich with good lines, uh, but he, Sorkin is not above setting up straw men to just who are just easy to knock down. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, but then we were talking about Moneyball, uh, a baseball movie, going back to opening day. Yeah. What tomorrow is tomorrow opening day? Um, or people I think playing it, today. I think that tomorrow is opening day for some teams and then um the f- i think the first is the like the traditional where i think everybody you know most people play most teams play yeah. so i think there's there's like a few primetime games that are on tomorrow night you know like the okay. thursday like the thursday night base or thursday night football how the nfl does that now like they have the kickoff yeah but nobody two primetime games okay in moneyball the movie with uh, Brad Pitt about Billy Bean and the Oakland Athletics and how they were able to put together a competitive team in spite of having a fraction of the of the payroll of big market clubs. Uh, but just as a as a as an artistic work uh, that that movie was really good, and I think that that the various characters all acted like they were right, and there weren't straw men. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the scouts who were experienced baseball men who were in um, opposition to the Billy Bean character. Uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman played, what was his name? Art Howe mm-hmm. was the manager yep. of the team. And, you know, uh, Hoffman in, in a tiny and unheralded role was terrific as the guy who was, you know, responsible for, you know, playing the team and, and, and just how he was always in conflict with, with Billy Bean. The it's, it's, it's interesting because uh, going back to what you had said about uh, Hoosiers, um, Gene Hackman, the coach in Hoosiers, at one point in the movie, insists my team is on the floor. Right. That was great. And uh, Art Howe, who was more of a villain in Moneyball, uh, though he really thought that he was doing what was right. Antagonist. Antagonist, antagonist I, to, I, the, right. to the protagonists yeah. of Billy Bean, yeah. And he had a similar thing. My, my team is on the field. I, I put the I put the team. You give me the players, and I put the team on the field. Right. And that uh, interesting contrast between those two. Yeah, yeah, that's right. There was a line in the Hoosiers with Gene Hackman. I mean, he 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 doesn't want to suffer fools gladly, but he knows he's got to try. And he says, uh, "Look, let's be real friendly here." <laughs> And now I'm going to tell you something that's just going to make you super mad. It was, it was great. Anyway, uh, the, the, other, the guy who actually wrote Money... Okay, so Moneyball is from a book by Michael Lewis, which, you know, sold a ton of cop... Uh, a, 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 sold a ton. He, uh, Michael Lewis, wrote The Big Short, and he's written a bunch of uh, wealth... A bunch of wealth well-selling good selling superiorly he's, he's sold some books he's sold quite a few books including the big short and some other things yeah uh, i i actually wasn't enraptured by the big short and i've never finished moneyball um so did you yeah did you think uh it was, did you think it was I, great i thought i really enjoyed the big short and i also really enjoyed moneyball those are the only two books from michael lewis that i've read so he's written several and he's i mean that's his that's his jam um you know uh true true stories i mean he's he's you know journalist he he approaches things like a journalist anyway uh the screenplay was first written by a guy named like steve zillion or something like that, who's got an interesting uh, CV. I mean, he he's his resume is impressive in its own right, but they brought in Aaron Sorkin to add some scenes and punch up the dialogue. And, you know, as it's frequently said, nobody can make, uh, nobody can make uh, spreadsheets on, on film as, uh, exciting as Aaron Sorkin, so there were there were those scenes as well, um, and uh, uh, I think it. I, I've actually I've actually seen uh, interviews, and I think that the Steve 
zillion guy kind of resents that Aaron Sorkin gets all the credit for Moneyball uh, when in fact most of the bones on the on the script I think were his yeah but it was kind of a mess like in like pre-production like it, it it kind of bounced around a little bit if I remember the story correctly um, and then like you said I never remember who directed it and usually I'm pretty good at paying attention to that stuff uh, it wasn't Brett Ratner I hate him Zemeckis uh, it, no I hate him too you know, I've never seen all of Who Framed Roger Rabbit, though there are people who say that's a pretty good show. Um, I hated, um, I didn't like Forrest Gump. I mean, I liked parts of Forrest Gump, but I, ultimately I did not like Forrest Gump. What else did Zemeckis do? He did... Um, Back to the Future. Hated it. We've discussed that previously on the podcast. Because uh. any plot that needs me to have a fake date with my mom in the 50s is a bad plan and completely unbelievable uh, it's easier for me to believe in time travel in a souped up delorean than it is for me going on a date with my mother because freud was an idiot he did cast away did he really i think he did you think because thinking's not knowing brian I liked I liked Castaway, but I liked Castaway a lot. My friend Brooke uh, says, um, uh, "Here's the plot of Castaway. He's on the island. He suffers. He gets off the island, and he suffers." That's life, isn't it? <laughs> he did do Castaway. Okay, I liked Castaway. So, yeah. well, even a blind squirrel finds a nut once in a while. Uh, Joel Schumacher, worst director I can think of. Terrible, horrible. Hated Joel Schumacher. Uh, Bennett Miller did money directed Moneyball. Yeah, okay. I don't know who that is. He he also did uh, uh, he did that movie Foxcatcher where Steve Carell was a prosthesis. prosthesis. Too creepy. Yeah. No, I didn't. I, I didn't. I didn't see it. And then he nope. also did a uh, Capote. Um, which I didn't, oh. see, I didn't see either. Now I heard somebody say that there was actually another Truman Capote movie that came out at about the same time and it was really good, but nobody saw it because everybody was like all in love with the Philip Seymour Hoffman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The other, the other one had uh, the British actor, Toby Jones. Um, and was it, was it called in cold blood? I don't know. Uh, that doesn't seem right. Toby Jones is Truman Capote. Mm-hmm. Toby Jones would have been a lot older than Capote was in the early sixties. Um, okay. So anyway, so have you watched, uh, we keep circling or, you know, this is pretty, pretty, uh, Free flow. Have you watched any NCAA, any March Madness? I haven't. Okay. So just a couple of uh, things. Uh, There are some uh, players who look old enough 
Um, uh, they, they, I think they're old enough to have like developed male pattern baldness. <laughs> so I haven't seen as many high foreheads since John Amos appeared with Roscoe Lee Jones. Do you remember? Do you remember uh, Greg Oden, who played for Ohio State? I vaguely, I do. Yeah, and you know what? I always confuse him with um, Lamar Odom Jr. or Leslie Odom Jr. <laughs> yeah, what well, Lamar Odom is? Well, former basketball player uh, Leslie Odom Jr. is a Broadway star and. Was he in Hamilton? Yeah, he played um, Aaron Burr in Hamilton. Oh, that's kind of a big deal. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, but you're talking about a third Odom? <laughs> Odin. Greg Odin. Seriously? Was it Odin? Like the king of Asgard? O-D-E-N, so it's not oh, specific. Yeah, Greg Odin. Okay. Um he played, he played, I think he only played like one year at Ohio State, but like he was a beast and, you know, was really, really good. But he looked, and so he was like 19 when he came into the NBA and he looked like LeBron James' grandfather. <laughs> <laughs> That's correct. And he, and he went, I think Portland uh, yeah. drafted him and he was a broken down ramshackle of a man. Um, in, in due course, right? I mean, his, his knees were bad and everything was bad, right? Yep. Yeah, which is, I mean, I, know, I feel I feel feel bad for him personally. Um, don't feel at all bad about Portland or uh, the, the city or the franchise. Um, uh, yeah. Well, you know, I, I don't know. How, I, I don't know how that works. I mean, you know, you it, it is funny. Uh, you see, you see the you see teams playing, and 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 there is a man men against boys quality with some of the some of the upstarts who make it into the sixty four team bracket. Well, I guess it's technically sixty eight. They're finding ways to, you know, inch it out. Just <clears throat> just trying to loosen up the belt a little bit. Uh, anyway, the who make it in and then there's like the, then there's like the basketball factories uh that you, you always know and expect um and yet that hasn't always that hasn't always proved out i i've watched i before before the tournament started i watched probably five minutes of basketball i watched iowa versus illinois and iowa was you know the usual bunch of um small overachievers and Illinois was were like looked like a, a almost a pro team mm -hmm. but you know what uh Illinois uh flamed out relatively early I mean I think they won their first game and lost their second mm -hmm. maybe so you know you can't always tell Michigan looks awfully good um uh, my my bracket is dead it's done i don't have a single there's not a single team still alive that uh i picked 
didn't you uh, you you had Arkansas going? I did, I did, and according to Mrs. Winger, uh, Arkansas gave Baylor all they wanted, mm-hmm. uh, and 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 everybody liked Baylor, and Baylor won, so everybody was right, but Arkansas gave them all they wanted. Yeah, I mean, I, because when I went to bed, I'm like, this is over. This is this is over. And Mrs. Winger, in her in her loving fashion, rebuked me for being such a wuss and going to bed because uh, <laughs> they uh, uh, because it was actually a pretty good game. Yeah, I <clears throat> no, I, I in years past, I think I've told you that that I really enjoy watching college hoops. Uh, this year, just haven't haven't been able to get into it. And uh, some of it's been circumstantial with you, though. I mean, you've got yeah. real life stuff going on. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I also noted there's a steep drop off in broadcasting talent. Certainly in the early rounds, you know, when they uh, would take it to, um, uh, you know, one of the lesser games, so not one of the big marquee matchups. Uh, but I noticed there was a there was an interesting thing. There was a there was a woman who was broadcasting, doing the color commentary. She was really good. I don't I didn't catch her name, but I thought she was good. Um, you know, it's it's funny seeing Grant Hill and uh, the co- uh, who's a who's a broadcaster. He does color commentary uh, with Jim Nance and Bill Rafferty. He's the crazy old Irish guy who used to coach that they bring in off the bench. <laughs> That's um, I don't think I've I've seen a game with Grant Hill, Jim Nance, and, and Bill Rafferty. But that seems like a pretty that seems like a pretty good lineup, though. I like Jim Nance. Some people I don't I don't like him as much as you do. Why? Uh. Uh, I, you know, I mean, he's professional, but I, I just, I, he, I, I, I don't really care for him. I think he's, he's like your, I think he's like your porn again neighbor that seems like a nice enough guy, but I don't really trust him with my wife or daughter because I'm a mean and suspicious person. Why do you like him so much, Brian? Because he seems like my born again neighbor, who's just a nice guy. <laughs> uh, so uh, I did take one note, uh, and that is uh, uh, so this goes back to the Houston versus Rutgers game, and there was just like no ball movement. There wasn't a lot of movement at all. I mean, it was just like guys kind of just standing around Houston, as we know, would go on to win, but it it reminded me, okay. So like my grandfather played a high school basketball in Indiana in the late twenties, early thirties. And um, he was a scoring machine. And I have a, a newspaper clipping where he scored like 12, of Walnut Grove's 23 points in triumph over, over a rival. So, I mean, you can imagine what, I mean, this is how far basketball's come when 
uh, it used to be just, you know, white guys taking set shots. Yeah. And I, I don't know, that doesn't sound that exciting to me. <laughs> I, I hate, I hate to think that it's, a, it's all just a product of my, you know, I don't know, uh, diminishing attention span. The other thing, and I may, uh, I'm sure I've, I've said this before, but watching grandpa at the end of it, watching basketball with my grandfather, I, and I would, I like, so this would have been like in the nineties, you know, just trying to find late eighties, nineties, uh, trying to find something to bond with the man about. He was a basketball guy. He's from Indiana. And I would, I would turn, you know, and, 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 you know, of course, late eighties, early nineties is, is, is to me the golden age. I mean, you had, you had Jordan, but you also had Barkley and Ewing and all these, all these guys. And I, you know, I mean, and of course it's the Pistons that were just a great heel to, you know, the rest of the NBA. That's right. That's right. The Pistons who made the Oakland Raiders look like, you know, whatever, um, the red cross. Uh, so, uh, and, but, but, but the thing is grandpa would always say, I mean, he, he, he had no enjoyment for the game and I don't think it was racial though, frankly, with grandpa, it might've been, but he would always say stuff like, Oh, he's palm in the ball or he traveled. It's like, okay, well, he took an extra step as he launched from the top of the key to like, you know, do this like thunder jam over three defenders. So I'm going to give it to him. Yeah, that was pretty entertaining. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and I noticed that Mrs. Winger um, uh, was like calling travel kind of a lot the other night. Anyway, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I mean, uh, basketball kind of, well, it lost me uh, last year, or not last year. Last year, we lost listeners because one, one of our listeners uh, hates basketball so much that our Final Four talk chased her away. But having lost her, I feel like this year we can spend a minute on it. Um, I don't know. I just, it, it lost me when it went to all cable because I've never paid for television until the current moment. And as soon as March Madness is gone, I don't know what I'm going to keep and what I'm going to get rid of. So here, here in Denver, the, the Denver Nuggets have had a pretty exciting team for the last th- three or four years. And you, uh, you guys have a Europe, the Nuggets have a European who's really, he's, he's awesome. He's really something, right? Yeah. He's not a bi- is he especially big? He's I think he's seven foot seven one, so he's he's tall. That's that's pretty big. Yep, yeah, but he is doesn't really look like he's in great shape. He's what's his name? <laughs> um, Nikola Jokic. Okay, and that's Jokic with a J. <laughs> Brian, of course it is. Um, so my name is Chef Winger. He is, he's the, uh, like, like he will, um, go out and like score, you know, 32 points, 12 rebounds and, uh, 12 assists. (laughs) And, uh, people say, well, that's the, 
most casual triple double that I've ever seen because he doesn't play especially fast. Um, he just, uh, he's just, you know, kind of lumbers around, but he, he's got a, a great touch. He's got great hands. Um, he's got, uh, a great vision. Um, he's a lot of fun to watch. Sounds like you got the David Wells of basketball. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, but where's so he the, from? Uh, Serbia. Okay. Um, so and, keep him away from the Croatian and the Bosnian players, and you'll be okay. I think they're over that. I think that was just a that was just a small thing. Do ya? <laughs> Do ya? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it was that big of a thing for. I think they like <laughs> Eastern European guys usually let go of stuff pretty easily. It's my understanding. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, so the Nuggets not like, the, not like American Hatfields and McCoys, right? Yeah. So they've been they've been good, but the problem here in Denver, here locally, is that uh, um, Xfinity, our Comcast, our cable provider doesn't they couldn't work out a deal with uh with altitude sports the the network that carries the nuggets and so we haven't had been able to watch uh nuggets or the avalanche and the avalanche the hockey team they're a great team as well um we cannot watch those games that's a bummer for you yeah do you know why are cable companies allowed to have relative um relative uh monopolies in certain cities i don't i don't know why um it's you know i i really don't know why maybe we can uh look it up yeah sorry um you know they they tell lawyers never to ask a question you don't already know the answer to so I just uh, just broke that pretty bad. Do you know why? No, I don't. No. And now we both look like morons because we asked. I asked a question that I just thought of that we obviously didn't research with all of our research going into things. Do you, do you know why some people say that Pluto isn't a planet? I do, but oh. I disagree with their conclusions. Oh, oh really good. <laughs> Yeah, the whole the whole uh, the whole cable thing um, doesn't really seem like a free market way of doing it. But you know, is there a way? I mean, can you can you uh, can you um, subscribe directly to Alpine Sports? No, <clears throat> nope. Now that's just stupid. What's their deal? They only deal with cable companies. They don't. Yeah, they can't. Um, it's altitude, um, but what did I say? Alpine. Al- Alpine. Um, yeah, you can't. You cannot a la carte uh, altitude. Um, you, I mean, there are like streaming services. There's like black market like streaming services that you could like if you had like a, a set up a VPN. You know, you could go around it and stream it. It's it's oh. illegal, and I don't know what the you know how much trouble you get into if you do something like that. But so I could. I could stream it, but um, you have to kind of do some crazy workaround to get to get that stuff. Huh. 
that seems yeah, that seems funny. I was thinking the other day. I was thinking about being uh, a young younger man in Denver um, in the early '90s, and just uh, John Malone and uh, uh, I mean, it's like all Liberty Media now. But what was it back then? It was it was, it was TCI. It was TCI. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and what's that stand for? Transcontinental. Tele Telecommunications Inc. Remember, okay. we talked we, we talked about this, didn't we? Well, I don't know, bud. I've slept since then. Okay, so John Malone and and like you know they were they were talking about you know having five hundred channels and digital media and being able to watch movies on demand. And of course, the streaming aspect of things is not exactly what anybody envisioned in you know ninety four, but it's you know it's. It, it, I mean, you know, I, I, you know, look, I, I don't, I don't hate to call business guys visionary, you know, but I mean, you know, he, here are, here's a guy or a group of people who had an idea of what this would all look like. And it's pretty close to that. I mean, it kind of shaped uh, the world in a certain way. And now, you know, it remains to be seen whether or not we will see, uh, the theater experience go away for good. I'm envisioning a platform where people send me a hundred dollars a month, every single month. And I am able to deliver them whatever I see fit. And they get to just have to live with what I send them, but they still send me a hundred dollars a month. Do you think that'll well, fly? Well, that shows you what you know, because what I do is send 10 different companies, 10 different platforms, $10 a month. And then I get to, then I have to choose whatever it is they're serving up. Ha! That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I got to make some decisions. The thing is, the thing is Hulu and Disney are bundled together and Apple TV and uh, Par Paramount Plus are bundled together. And you get a pretty good deal if you keep, keep them. Um, I watched the first episode of uh, Falcon and the Winter Snowman uh, and the, the Snowman Soldier. Falcon and the Snowman Soldier. Uh, and it wasn't it wasn't very good. I didn't think. I who, mean, I kind of who plays who plays Mister Falcon? <laughs> y Yippee ki yay, Mister Falcon. <laughs> I thought it was Mister Frost, but uh, it's Mister Falcon. Yeah, yeah. So, um, uh, well, that's the thing. So, so the. The Winter Soldier's grappling with, you know, the guilt of his memories as a Hydra assassin. But, you know, then you got the Falcon who's like, you know, I don't know. He like goes back to Louisiana where his sister and her is, you know, she's like a single mom and she's trying to keep the family fishing boat business running. And I don't know, that just got into like too much of a hackneyed 
you know, trying to save the family farm kind of aspect. And poor guy can't get a break, even though he saved the world, you know, mm. from Thanos's hordes and, you know, he can't get a loan from the bank. And there was like a lot of, I promise mama, you know, kind of stuff. And I just thought, come on, this is really, this feels like a, something that they would have written in 1934. But, um, you know, and, and so I don't know, I didn't, I didn't watch the second one, but a, a couple of guys, so a couple of buddies, um, it was lovely, it was a lovely day on Sunday and uh, Mrs. Winger had to work. So um, I took her convertible and a couple of buddies and we rode over to uh, Fort Worth and, and that was, that was fun. But I realized they, like one of the, one of the, you know, but, you know, the, younger guys younger than me and i just thought wow i am such a geezer like uh my buddy tyler's asking oh you ever eaten there you ever eat there it's like no it's a it's a chain we don't need a chains well really we don't need a restaurants anymore and i thought wow i must sound so not fun but i mean i don't know do you have cheddars up there do do you have cheddars it's Denny's with a liquor license, no matter how you slice it. I mean, you know, but it, it's it's one of those places that, that people go to. It's like nominally more dignified than Chili's. Um, it's someplace that grandma and grandpa are going to find unobjectionable. I'm sure that they serve bread, you know, with every meal, which is something that old people love. Like, who the hell, you know, just like wants a piece of buttered bread you know, with their meal in this day and age. I mean, that's like, that's less relevant than slippers. Bread is the new smoking. (laughs) It kind of is. I mean, isn't it? Yeah. When I was waiting tables in the late 80s, there were always old people who would come in and say, yeah, does this come with bread? You know, I don't know. I mean, you know, I'm waiting tables at Chili's. No, it doesn't come with bread. I could give you, bring you Texas toast, tortilla chips, or, you know, a bun. Do you want a bun? Would you like to butter a bun? This is the other thing. This is the other thing. What is the deal with the shape of the bread? My wife will not eat a hamburger at home unless we have hamburger buns. I mean, she will, but she won't enjoy it. And she will let her lack of enjoyment be known. Okay. So do you have any idea as a kid, how many times we just had hamburgers on bread? Yeah. Yeah. You prefer a bun, but you'd eat it on bread. We did too. Like, like we would have hamburgers and uh, you know, we wouldn't have any buns. And so (laughs) I, you know, my parents would just, you know, get a couple of slices of Roman meal and (laughs) put the patty in there. And like, I remember being a kid thinking, Mm, this just doesn't seem right. <laughs> it's not okay. It's not as good. It's not as much fun and for whatever reason, but ultimately it's, it's the same thing. It's the same thing I've always said. And, you know, uh, praise be upon the name of Chris Galley, but um, the Italians have like figured out that we could make, 500 kinds of pasta it all tastes exactly the same but we can sell it because they all have different names 
right? There's a there's a comedian um, who's talking about Mexican food, and he's like, he goes to like a Mexican restaurant, and he's like, okay, so I'm not familiar with what's this, and he's like, the, the waiter's like, well, it's it's a uh, it's cheese, a spicy sauce. Uh, wrapped in a tortilla with beans and rice. Oh, okay. Well, what's this? Well, it's it's cheese, <laughs> a spicy sauce, <laughs> and beans and rice, and there's a tortilla on the side. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, in Kansas City, there was like this really. Uh, it wasn't super upscale, but it was it was a very nice um, uh, Mexican restaurant. And the owner, I mean, he was, he was one of the most, he was one of the best restaurant tours I've ever met. And I should know, what was the name? This, this place may have been called like the Guadalajara. And right, right about the time we moved away, he opened a place called Frida's, uh, like Frida Kahlo. And it was, it was going to be, um, um, more upscale but uh he would he would come and he would like you know he would talk he was very well, engaging very hospitable which are, are you telling me that frida's was more highbrow than the other restaurant did i say that no that's not that's i'm, I'm so glad i didn't say that yeah okay all right sure sure if you who's not quite unibrow Want to want to pile on the poor Frida Kahlo, who was absolutely unibrowed, mustachioed, and had a bum leg. Poor thing. Well, you know, if you if you want to pick on the handicapped Brian. Oh come on, come on. <laughs> so uh, uh, he he would say uh, th this restaurant tour would would come to the would come to the table and say. Uh, uh, in my country, we don't have yellow chiz. Uh, and so when I come here and the Mexican food, it's all served with yellow chiz. And uh, here in my restaurant, we don't put yellow chiz on anything. He, he had this like really smooth Ricardo Montalban quality, you know? Yeah. It was great. It was yeah. great. Sometimes I think, you know, yeah, you know, you eat whatever you eat three times a day, and most of them are totally forgettable. But you know, you do remember some outstanding, yeah, outstanding meals. Did I tell you the story about uh, I went to New Orleans for a, a trade show when I worked for the telecommunications company a few years back, and um, <clears throat> it's my first it was my first time there, and my brother in law who had been several times. Jerry, um, Jerry, and he says, uh, "I don't worry about making plans for dinner. Just come with me, and we'll have a great time." So I'm like, "Okay, so uh, this is going to be okay." But yeah, please continue. But he said, you, "Here's the thing." He said, "When you travel for work and you have an expense account, there is no reason that you need to eat at bad restaurants." <laughs> you know? Okay. Yeah, I, I get it. So uh, he did a great job and he found some places that were really, really good, um, kind of off the tourist streets. And uh, we really had a great time. One place we went to, they have one of the, the menus where the chef comes out and he says, OK, so what's what's off the table? Like what's what's what is 
is no. And I said, well, you know, I just said a blood, couple blood sausage. Yeah. Blood sausage, please uh, take that off. And, uh, and I says, I, and I don't, I don't really care for, uh, I don't really care for onions. If they're cooked into something, it's fine, but just not like raw. onions. he says, okay. Then he asked Jerry, he said, he says, what, what do you, what about you? And Jerry gave him a few things and the guy can't, does like a, a five course just based on whatever he has and whatever he feels like making. And it That's was amazing. It was great. It was, it was so good and just a lot of fun. And there was probably like 12 tables in this entire restaurant. Wow. Were you still drinking? Yeah. Oh, fantastic. It was wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the good old days. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Well, I, you know, uh, yeah, that's right. That's right. So uh, Warren Zevon would say, enjoy every sandwich. And, um, you know, that's that's great if you can swing it. Um, okay. Well, listen, uh, this episode of Managing Expectations has been brought to you by MrsWinker.com, the maker of face coverings or... Uh, not quite surgical masks, but like that. And they are outstanding in how comfortable they are. Uh, they're very stylish. You can go to mrswinger.com and see the full array. If you see something that you don't, you can't find something you quite want, uh, by all means, uh, send her an email and tell her what you want. We'll see what we can work out. Uh, also, All in a Dream Comics and Books in Denver, Colorado. Uh, All in a Dream is the best spot I know for uh, graphic novels, back issues of uh, uh, Silver Age uh, comics. Ray can be reached at uh, uh, area code 303-333-8616. It's area code 303-333-8616. He's recently moved. He's in the 3100 block of uh, East Colfax, so check Ray out. And then finally, the Chris Levine Media Empire's uh, podcast, have you have you listened to the most recent refreshers? I, I haven't listened to the most recent one that he just sent sent uh, over the other day. Um, he's really getting after it. He's yeah. he's uh, he. It's uh, short and and they're they're, sh they're short, even even shorter than our podcasts. Um, they're tight, well researched. He knows what he wants to say, but he's very uh, conversational extraneous in his delivery um but i mean it's it's really well researched you know yeah yeah i i think he's i think he's gonna do well with it i hope he keeps it up yeah he will until he gets to like his 500th uh regular listener and then he'll uh then he'll bail because he's he's super i mean for being such a he's a real bourgeois cat you know, with his wife and kid in the suburbs and stuff. But I mean, when it gets too big, he does, he is not afraid to walk away. And uh, that's kind of funny. Yeah. Not funny. Ha ha. But 
you know, just um, interesting. Yeah, so uh, Chris Levine's Refresher and 7208 podcast can be found on uh, Spotify. What do you got going on the rest of the day, Brian? Uh, just trying to keep this recession at bay. The market has taken a beating. Have you seen this? <clears throat> I uh, I don't watch it on a daily basis. During a period of transition, it's only natural for some of the more timid element to run for cover. <laughs> I'm in it for the long haul. Yeah, that's smart. <laughs> um, I, I, are you on the list to get a jab? Uh, so Friday, this Friday, uh, Colorado has opened it up to everybody. So as soon as, uh, as soon as the clock turns 1201. Oh, you're staying up late. Are you? Uh, no, I usually, I, I usually operate on only three and a half, four hours of sleep. And so <laughs> is that, is that why I frequently get, uh, emails from you at 345 in the morning? Yeah, Just, I was, I was thinking about something. Uh huh. I want to run by a. Um, <laughs> that's funny. You know something that somebody I I heard somebody say that uh, they uh, got got the jab, um, which by the way I like. I don't typically like it when we adopt into American vernacular. Uh, uh, British isms. I think I've said before. I don't really care for the Australian. I, as much as I love Australians, I don't. I don't like no worries. Don't tell me that's nothing to worry about. I know better. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but uh, I like the jab because in an American setting, a shot uh, could be what you get by being collateral damage in any urban setting. So uh, I, I, I like the jab. But uh, anyway, get your was, anyway. A guy uh, got his vaccine by just calling, uh, uh, like CVS or, or or the some pharmacy late in the day. And if people haven't come in, if they missed their appointment, if they have, you know, X numbers of vaccine to be given, they will give them to you rather than uh, uh, throw them out. Yeah. So, oh, that's. That's a, yeah, great tip. It's a, it's a, yeah. You, you gotta, you gotta stay engaged. If you just, if you're passive in this moment, uh, you know, you, you're going to go, and you're not, not left behind, but you don't necessarily want to be the last guy immunized. Right. <clears throat> you know, I need to brush up on my immu uh, epidemiology because there's, there's a lot of things that I think are, uh, synonymous, which aren't, I mean, like the difference between inoculated and vaccinated, there's gotta be a difference there, but I'm not sure I could tell you what it is. Yeah. Uh, I, I was always told to try to make an appointment for Wednesdays because, uh, the, the guy who sharpens the needles comes in on Tuesday night. And so Wednesday you've got nice, sharp, fresh needles. It's really funny, Brian. Wow, it's just I don't see any I don't see any reason to go on after that. Mostly, I mean the podcast, but to a lesser extent in life. 
<laughs> so we've already had our our big uh, episode fifty, but next time it'll be our one year anniversary with fifty two. Though I'm pretty sure that that's already come and gone without a lot of fanfare. But it is pretty cool to have been at this so long, and we appreciate you listeners for uh, sticking with us, giving us uh, a chance, an opportunity. We uh, uh, hope that you, you've you uh, had a laugh or two, giving you something to think about as we go along. All right. Anything else, Brian? That's all I got. Okay. So I was thinking about maybe this year ending everything with um uh a, a line from a singer songwriter so uh so warren zevon i'm gonna go back to him so uh, uh some have the speed and the right combinations if you can't take the punches it don't mean a thing that's the ballad of boom boom mancini by warren zevon I listened to that last night. It's funny. It's funny that. Are you, you kidding me? I am not kidding you. You listened to Boom Boom Mancini last night. I did. Be, well, for, there's a, lots of reasons why, um, but the reason why I stumbled on it is because I'm putting together a a, a video for someone, and was looking for some music to to add to it, and, uh, and then I got stuck on Warren Zevon and listen to three or four of his songs. Okay, because the number of people who like Warren Zevon number in the tens. Listen, I if if we didn't know each other, I wouldn't have probably wouldn't have stumbled on him. Uh, yeah. um, maybe maybe that's not true um, because I've seen I would see him when he Letterman liked him. And Letterman so, loved him. Yeah. And so I, uh, uh, you know, I may have stumbled on him that way, but certainly with your endorsement, that that helped. So, with my ringing endorsement, yeah, no, I mean he's not he's not for everybody, and and I've been I've been thinking about putting together a, a Levine esque um, uh, primer on on Warren Zevon as a managing expectation supplemental, mm-hmm. you know, in case we should ever have to go two and a half weeks between recording, just, you know, spitballing here, just something to, to plug in. Not likely. Can't imagine. <laughs> anyway. Um, all right. Well, that's good. That's enough for now. More hey. Warren Zevon, more everything later, but uh, take care everybody. Let's go to work.